Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. I know Cole is meeting the amateur detectives of the order. My name is Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. And I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. And we do, it's been almost a calendar month. Yeah, I think it's been a month. Since we've recorded. So yeah. what we start off doing is going, um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash adcpod. We have some bonus content there. We try to post the episodes early when we can. Um, what else do I do? We're on the Scavengers Network. You yeah. can check out scavengersnetwork.com. Is it scavengersnetwork.com or the scavengersnetwork.com? Scavengers Network. Great. No the. No the. It's Great. like yes. Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think we- the facebook.com does still go to Facebook though. Probably, right? Wouldn't you think? Uh, we've got to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep, uh, you talk about the social media and. On social media, you can find us at ADC Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow us for varying exciting tidbits from our brains. <laughs> you, you, perfect 10. Yep. So it does. It does go straight to Facebook.com. <laughs> So the holidays happened. How were your holidays? <laughs> uh, my actual holidays were fine. Mm-hmm. And then I got COVID. Uh-huh. Yep. How was that? Um, <laughs> was it good for you? <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't terrible. I am very glad that I am thrice vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I had a pretty mild case, and I feel like I set myself up well for that. And also, I'm pretty sure it was Omicron that got me. So, yeah, mm. I think that's something I don't think we're talking not. I don't think we're covering that enough that the other variants are like still out there. Oh yeah, and you can get OG as as Justin McElroy likes to call it the original flavor of COVID. Yeah. Original recipe. Original recipe. Um, as opposed to diet COVID or whatever. Um, yeah. COVID zero. <laughs> COVID zero. COVID zero sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sounds I, like. No calorie no COVID. Ca- <laughs> no symptom COVID. That's what we should call no symptoms. Asymptomatic yeah. COVID. Uh-huh. Um, but you're feeling better now. Which is yeah. Yeah. It's been more than 14 days. It's been like 21 days since I was first, uh, I first found out. So confirmed yeah confirmed mm-hmm. um but it was pretty rude how fast because we took at-home tests yeah uh and it was pretty rude how fast my test came back positive that's funny it was you felt attacked i did it was within like 30 seconds that second line <laughs> appeared oh bright clear as a day because you're supposed to wait like 15 minutes and yeah tamper with it yeah so I recently did a home test for the first time, like last week, and you know it looks like a lollipop when you fold it over. And I'd sure. seen photos, and legitimately, I thought people were getting like lollipops the way you do get when you go to the doctors as a kid when you got like tested, because I'd never seen an at-home 
kid and I'm a moron. And I'm like, why are they handing out candy? Is this like Krispy Kreme again? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so COVID at-home tests look pretty much exactly also like pregnancy tests. And yeah, uh, I've only seen the stick ones for pregnancy tests. I mean, Whereas this they one, have the same principle. Yeah, is you and, don't want two lines. Right. So people started have been sending pictures of their COVID tests. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you don't want to be pregnant and you don't want COVID is generally, you know. I don't know one in anyone in, in my generation, certainly, that wants either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people do want to be pregnant. So... There's a monster out there that wants COVID and to be pregnant to, like, get the baby immune. Uh, Isn't that yeah. interesting? I, mm. I'm sure someone does want that. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alabama is real. Oof. All of Am- Alabama can fight me and they will win. It's fine. Okay. As long as you know. But, yeah, so as a person who, who does not want to be pregnant and does not want to have COVID, it's pretty, you know fine for me to send a negative test but i did so rich has been in pennsylvania and i've been in new york for a couple weeks rich your boyfriend for those of you just joining for those of you just joining us uh and i sent him just no explanation a photo of my negative covid test and then thought better of it for a second and thought i should specify that this is a covid test even though it does say covid test on it because it looks enough like a pregnancy test. But at the same time, either way. Good news. Good news. We're not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I don't have COVID. Hooray. So, yes, that was my test that I finally was able to do to confirm that don't have it anymore. So now I'm, I I hope, super immune. Mm-hmm. Like a super food. Yeah. Yeah. I, nothing can touch me. I don't actually think that. I assume other things can touch me but well they can now because you can get within six feet of people but I'm yeah <laughs> oh yeah i've i i was just talking to melissa before we started recording my holidays were fine by the way um oh yeah i didn't ask you <laughs> it's because we talked about it you know oh i was i was because you're an pod. only child yeah uh. oh okay yeah i'm sorry i didn't realize we needed to rehash my bigotry towards only children oh or just other conversations that we've had yeah no uh, it's (laughs) fine um but my holidays were quite good i went home i was lucky i dodged everything um and uh like the draft um (laughs) when i saw my family it was wonderful um played a lot of super mario kart that's fun mario kart i should say with because it's not super mario is it not? No, it's just oh, Mario Kart. it's just Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, it's I guess it is. With my mom. My mom loves Mario Kart. It's That's very great. cute. We watched Friends reruns while she played Angry Burns on her phone. It was great. Like, wow. she's the most mom. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, right. I was talking to you before, and I, like, started streaming more, and I've stopped doing as many live shows because I'm just like, it doesn't seem worth it at this point. You know, it's... it's yes. Also, like, it, things will calm down again in the spring, and, you know, it'll still be there, and it'll be fine, and, you know. It's just hard during the winter months being at home again, mm-hmm. because, and I also live alone, so I'm fully prepared to go insane. Oh, sure. That, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, and also, there's kind of been a bad message saying, like, oh, this one's milder, which it is, it is. fortunately, for most people, how, however. Mm-hmm. We still got to protect 
the immunocompromised and kids who can't get it yet again can't get the vaccines yet like we still have to protect those people because this is still you know a big threat and there has been i've seen a lot of activity being like you know we can hear you when you say oh most people won't get a very bad case um and it's true and that's why we have to you know make some concessions (laughs) and try a little harder when things are surging yeah like we try not to get it we we still need to try not to yeah yeah absolutely um and so far i've been fine let's see i want to go my whole life without getting it that's my goal and that's why i think i again off mic i was talking like a lot of people are like oh you haven't gotten it yet and i'm like i never i didn't growing up growing up melissa i didn't get chicken pox i had to get the chicken pox vaccine okay i'm glad that that exists now yeah yeah yeah. i when i was like 13 yeah and i just felt sick for a day and had to move on but like my friend max growing up when i was about four had the chicken pox and my mom was like let's get you the chicken pox so you don't have to yeah do it which is very midwestern <laughs> it's like right yeah you know chicken pox parties yeah and we're then, a thing absolutely and even if like sometimes people take it to the point where like if some kid has the flu that year you'll hang out with them catch the flu get over it in a day and then you know move on with your life just so you don't have to deal with it the rest of the year um or like there's a there's kind of a mentality in a lot of places in the states where it's like well you play in the dirt and you make sure your immune system is good you know i mean i kind of still have that mentality i think so too and i think it's good to like (laughs) you should try and boost your immune system naturally as much as possible but anyway i didn't get the chicken pox like i'm i never want to get any i've never broken a bone ever yeah i want i'm special and i don't get sick Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so when i do get sick like you recall a few like last month i got a wicked bad cold over i guess it was over thanksgiving yeah so i went and i got tested like three times and it was not the virus um the novel coronavirus as i like to say it's not so novel anymore but i'm bummed a million people have made that joke anyway so (laughs) so we're talking about star trek finally we're talking about star trek do you ever skip the intro yeah on that yeah i do it's really scary though because we're talking about next generation because it goes you know da, 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 and then it goes bum, 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 but it'll still do the bump so it's just like space the bump <laughs> yeah and yeah. you're like holy <laughs> jiminy christmas um yeah jimmy kimmel what is happening um so we're talking about season two episode three, three of star trek the next generation elementary my dear data yes indeed we are Which, and i want to which i wrote notes about if you can believe you wrote notes yeah it opens up with uh the captain's log as per usual and they're meeting um the starship victory okay they're meeting up with them but they arrived early so they have downtime yeah so we get a chill episode of tng we do um yeah it's that part is nice yeah and it shows up data shows up and he's in engineering and he's like jordy you said i i have to meet him urgently yeah so are we gonna okay how much do we want to say about star trek the next generation and we should like i guess how much do we have to introduce the characters data is an android which is not the same as a robot 
No. He uh, is uh, trying to learn how to be more human. Yes. He's Pinocchio. Yeah, pretty much. They say that in the pilot. There, there you go. Yep. And, um, and he is very good friends with Jordi LaForge in engineering. Is Jordi LaForge Haitian? I don't know. Because he's got a French name. Anyway, it doesn't. Maybe. He could also be from France. He could. This is the year, what, 2350-something or other? It just said, I forget. But Jordi LaForge is the engineer on the, yes. the Star Trek. Played by the great LeVar Burton. And Brett Spiner plays Mr. Data. Yes. Who, I don't remember his rank. He is Lieutenant Commander. Thank you. And he is, is he yet? Or is he just lieutenant? I don't know. I think he's lieutenant commander. He's uh, second in command, not second. He's a second second. He's Yeah, he's second second. <laughs> um, so Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Who also French, but also British. But did you, okay, so there is a version, by the way. Th- Great. They tried, they said, hey, Patrick, do you want to try a French accent? And he's like, it's not good. <laughs> and they're like, well, just have a go. And he goes, space, the final front. <laughs> Terror. These are the it's like Inspector Cluzo, and it, they're like, yeah, okay. I guess you're just gonna be British. Sounds good. Yeah. Um. Played by the played by great Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, who turns uh, out good actors in this one. Pretty good actor. So yeah, Patrick yes. Stewart. Um. But I do. I want to say this in the context of like. I will say this. Patrick Stewart is a very good actor. I've seen him. I've got to see him live in Waiting for Godot, which Me is too. great. And um, I've, I've seen him in a few things. He's a very good actor. But you can tell that this is the time during the filming of Star Trek where he wasn't really into it. There was a point in season one, he had a hard time getting into it. And it carried on into the second season. And you, I at least get the vibe from him where he's not like phoning it in. He's still no. doing a good job. But you can tell he's like, <sighs> <laughs> the whole time. And I made a note of it, but there's that scene later on where they're in the boardroom or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, when Greatest Generation calls it the McLaughlin Group. And so I can't think of it as anything else. It's like a staff meeting, senior staff meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can tell that, like, there's even a point where, like, he's, it's a really good acting because it's realistic because he's just, like, trying to think of what to do. But you can tell that he, like, doesn't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I mean? And I'm like, I think Patrick Stewart doesn't want to deal with this, <laughs> not ju- just John luke um uh yeah i i mean some of the writing in the first couple of seasons especially season one of um tng is rough yeah and it's uh you know because like a lot of it's just rehashing from the original series specifically in that first season yeah and also this is the 80s by the way yeah still yeah 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 Yeah. i think this is a 90s show so that's very interesting i mean it's it started in yeah What's wild is Voyager ended in 2001, mm-hmm. which I do not. I was like, wow, that ran for a while. Are they all seven seasons? The the big three like 90s track? I believe so. Yeah. And there's overlap with each one of them. Yes, there is. But yeah, which I think is quite fun. It is. We tried to watch TNG and DS9 overlap for a mm-hmm. bit, and then we kind of stopped doing that to just finish tng and Mm -hmm. then we carried on with ds9 
what I've always wanted to do is find out what times it was airing and on what days and kind of recreate that. Oh. Because that's, you know, as a fun little thing. But, like, that's so much effort. Yeah. I'm lazy. It um, would take you a very long time to do as well. I don't think so. I could no, just... you wouldn't do it over the actual oh, seven oh, years. I, that... I thought you meant, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought you meant, like, to figure it out. Oh, no. I was like, you can just go on IMDb. Yeah. And, like, it aired on this day. Um, But, oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be a years-long thing. Yeah. You know. I've seen all of it twice, so it's not like. Sure, I suppose. You know. Yeah, because I'm still making my way through the first viewing of most of these. Mm. So this is the second time I saw Elementary, My Dear Data. Oh, okay. I've seen it at least three times. Yeah. Um, it has a, one of my favorite guest actors. Yes. Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis. Who plays Niles on The on Nanny. On The Nanny. And to me, more importantly, narrates the Darth Plagueis novel. Sure. Um, from Written by James Lucino. To the point where I watched this episode, I was like, I want to listen to that book again because he's got a perfect, because it's all about, you know, Palpatine, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And he's got a perfect voice for that. And the way he goes, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, is so haunting. I'm going to bring it up Mm. and play it for you. Great. Um, From audible.com, we no longer have a trial link um, (laughs) because uh, I'm lazy. This is Audible. Oh, that's good. It slaps so hard. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he does. He does. He's a great, great actor. There's a scene where he's acting with Patrick Stewart at one point in this. And it's just, I mean, you stop messing around on your phone and you just sit there and you go, oh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Masters at work. 100%. And then, you know, you have... um, they're, they're all tertiary, particularly in this episode. This is a data Jordy episode. It's a data Jordy ep- episode, yes. And Which we also nice. have um, a central character in this episode is Dr. Pulaski, who is only in the second season of uh, TNG. Because um, Gates McFadden was pregnant. Yeah. And she needed to take time off to be pregnant. Yeah. Crazy, I know. Um, yeah. How do you feel... About Pulaski, because she's kind of a controversial... She is. A lot of people really don't like Dr. Pulaski. Yeah. Uh, But I don't mind her that much. I might prefer her over Beverly. Because she is often an antagonist which I enjoy specifically in something like this episode. She's the antagonist of the episode, which is funny considering Moriarty is in it. Spoilers. (laughs) Sure. But um, she's also the catalyst for the, you know, inciting incident a lot of the time because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't take guff. Yeah. She's not a particularly pleasant person. No. Which I enjoy because everyone, because it's this utopian thing. Yeah. Which is, I get it, it's idealized of like how the future should be. Everyone should get along, which is why the first season doesn't really work because there's not a lot of interpersonal conflict, which is what makes good television. Yeah. Um, which is all Gene Roddenberry. And you can go watch documentaries about that. I'm not going to sit here and talk about that too much. But um, but I really like Pulaski because of the fact that she is doesn't agree 
with yeah. everybody. And I think that's interesting. I do too. And the only the thing that I didn't like about her was the way she talked to Data uh, in the first. She comes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even in this episode, she doesn't clearly doesn't like him. And like, I like Data a lot as a character, but I don't disagree with her a lot of the time because it's also a good way to challenge Data as a character and progress him towards what he wants. Yeah. Um, I, yes. And in this episode, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not, it doesn't come off in this episode as like, demeaning yeah but there's that moment early on where she calls him data instead of data and he goes that's not my name and he goes well what's the difference it's the same word he goes well one's my name one's not yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's the kind of thing that it's like but come on doctor but here's the other thing about it though is that's a really great growing moment for the both of them yes it is it adds humanity to data yeah and it adds perspective to her and again having a compliment right i think is really I don't know. I really like the tension between it because, again, it creates growth for both characters. No, it's true. It does. I, I mean, yeah. But she I, is a, a real pill. On Yeah. On balance, I like Dr. Pulaski. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diana Moldar. Is mm-hmm. that how you say her last I, name? I, I, I'm not I, sure. Um, she's a very good actress. A very, very good actress. Particularly in this episode. She is, has some of the most naturalist acting in the whole series. She says things the way people talk in the 21st century at least sure a lot of the time and you know trek has a style of acting which is not bad it's just like it's the night it's the 80s it's television yeah it's a sci-fi thing so things are like sometimes like at one point data says say nothing and i'm like that's yeah i mean he's also a robot yeah data is also uh, yeah as opposed to don't talk or like don't don't you say nothing <laughs> you know what I mean? right, right right yeah exactly <laughs> but um other tertiary characters are Lux, not Luxana, Deanna Troy. Um, I wish it was Luxana Troy. That would be amazing. Oh, that's Could so you imagine now? Here's the thing. Imagine Luxana Troy wanting to bone Moriarty. I, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that. How fun would that, that be? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Luxana really hits her stride in DS9, actually. I could agree with that. Um, but you have Deanna Troy, who is essentially the counselor, which is an advisor and also the therapist of the ship. You have William T. Riker, who is the second in command. Yeah. And then you have my favorite character, Commander Worf. Because he's, he has a couple really good moments in this episode. Yeah. And I love him in the same way I, I paint miniatures from Warhammer 40k and I do paint orcs because I think they're fun and I think of Klingons similarly and even though orcs are like evil and stupider um, but in Warhammer they're not evil they're just chaotic um, but like the Klingon like that very straightforward because that's not how my mind works at all I really enjoy when a character is just like it's this mm-hmm. yeah uh, and so it is very interesting to see season two of TNG Worf because mm-hmm. Worf is a main character also in Deep Space Nine, which mm-hmm. I have just finished in the past couple of weeks. And his hair in this. Oh, is like, sure. Yeah. With the berries and cream look. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little. Let me see. I'm a little lad that likes berries and cream. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite voices to do because everyone's like, what the? 
hell? <laughs> um, okay, so you're calling these tertiary, tertiary characters. Who do you think of as the secondary character in in this episode? Like Ooh, they this. have a, all of these characters have like oh, sure, two sure. minutes. Okay, so. okay, yeah. Because I'm like this episode, right? Yeah, like no, like Barkley's a tertiary character, right? And and Guinan is unfortunately right a tertiary character. Yes. Um. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that but yeah so this is basically a data episode with a lot of um pulaski and quite a bit of jordy yeah i i wish they would have given i wish there were more jordy episodes is what i'll say he's often a companion piece to somebody else yeah and there's generally one or two characters that it feels like they don't know how to write and, and Jordy is one of them. Jordy is unfortunately one of them. Mm. And unfortunately also the women yeah. in, in TNG is What you don't like a- the the episode where <laughs> Beverly has sex with a Victorian ghost? You don't like that episode? <laughs> I a real episode. <laughs> and it's in the last season which was actually pretty good for the most part. Um <laughs> That is an enjoyable episode, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. It's not like, okay, so there's an episode in the first season of Star Trek, (laughs) uh, of Star Trek TNG called Code of Honor, which Uh is just bad. Like, it's not fun to watch. And it's trying not to be racist, but is. Sure. Like, they just don't know what they're doing. It's just, it's all sorts of a mess. Yeah. But like, it's not even fun to watch. Whereas Sub Rosa, the candle, the candle. Uh, if you've seen it, you'll understand where, where Beverly Crusher has sex with a candle, um, candle ghost, and that is fun to watch. And part of the reason is because it is directed by very good director Jonathan Frakes, mm-hmm. and Gates McFadden just who plays Beverly Crusher just goes all in with it. Yeah. There's no hesitation. No. And they're like, well, I guess if we're doing this, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. And it is a wild experience. Recommend watching it. It's not like, even if you haven't seen any of the other, just start with that one. (laughs) That's the one when people are like, uh, Tristan, where should you start with Star Trek? And I'm like that episode, because it gets it out of the way. (laughs) The real answer is you should watch, uh, Measure of a Man. Probably. That's one of the, certainly one of the best of the, um, it's, I think Star Trek at its best in as much as like, oh, this is allegorical. Yes. And it's also early enough TNG Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're still kind of getting into the know, getting to know the characters, getting into it, Mm -hmm. but it sets up a lot. Yeah. And is, yeah, it's. It is a quintessential Star Trek episode, and yeah. we'll probably be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can figure out if I like Star Trek from here. But yeah, if you just want to watch something wild, go for Sub Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, because like, I I like it weird. I do. I like sure. it weird. I mean, small episodes are nice. The companion episode to this one is one of my favorite episodes. It's really good. It's and blows this one out of the water. Like it this does. this is a setup to a punchline that is far better, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And 
but that's also a weird episode. The one where uh, one of my favorites is one where uh, a kid's dad dies and he latches onto data and pretends to be an Android because they don't have feelings. Yeah. And I'm like, that's compelling because I've done that. <laughs> like I've got, sure. I don't want to deal with this. Uh, yeah, and Data is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the thing about Data, uh, it, he's like the Scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz, or the Tin Man. You know, it's like in that he's like, I want to be more human, yeah. and in kind of doing that, it's like, okay, but you are. I get where you think you aren't, but you are already just like you're. You're better at humaning than a lot of humans. Where whereas like the Scarecrow, um has some of the best ideas in the wizard of Oz. And yeah. Yeah. Tin man is one of the, you know, has some of the most heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can see, uh, I can see what you're, where you're coming from there. Um, but then there are moments where it's like, he's just so off base. Yeah. Which also, okay. Actually the, another good episode to start with is I can't remember the title of it, but the, where he makes his own kid. Yeah. The data episode. Yeah. My favorite episode of TNG might be Data's Day, which is he works the night shift. Yeah. So you get to see all the garbage, but it only works within the context of having seen the rest of the. It does. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you're like, because uh, it's subverting something. Right. That, you know. I also like. I also really like Lower Decks, which is the title of an episode of TNG, mm-hmm, as well as a cartoon, as well as uh, now a series. But the Lower Decks episode of TNG is an excellent episode but again it's a complete yeah subversion of everything because it's through the perspective of like the you know the ensigns like the kids that just got to the starship enterprise and are you know doing their jobs the podcast that uh tristan and i really want to make which is Tristan and Melissa shouldn't be making the Star Trek podcast. Yeah, which is, you know, <laughs> we're going to be covering all of the mystery, quote unquote, episodes because we up Star Trek, which is also something that like we we had to have a discussion because there are a lot of mystery episodes because there are a lot of anomalies. That yeah. They're like, oh, literally, it's a mystery. You have to figure out what this entity is. And I'm like, well, that's not a mystery. It is, but it isn't. And I think what we're going with is... This is a literal Sherlock Holmes episode yeah. or someone has been murdered and we need to solve it. Yeah. They're like there's a couple episodes of DS9 that are like that, but they're closer to something that is like um, NCIS rather yeah. than like Poirot. Right. What, what, it would have been so much fun if like someone on Voyager or something would have wanted to play Poirot instead of, you know, Sherlock Holmes. That would have been fun. Yeah. It would have been fun. Wouldn't it have been... Okay, we got to get into this actual episode. We do. But wouldn't it be fun if, like, rather than... Because if, if Data... He's read all the Sherlock Holmes, but if he hadn't read of any Agatha Christie, just done one of those mysteries instead? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Yeah, it would have. Anyway. So it makes sense. So, okay. Uh, so... Data gets called into... Engineering. Engineering and... The actress who he's talking to, who is like a one-off character, yeah, she actually does a really great job because she looks like the cat that got the canary. Like she's got a secret, mm-hmm. like she's got a fun secret that she doesn't want to tell Data yet, 
And I'm like, what is her deal? Like, what? Why is she so excited that Data is going to go visit Jordy in engineering? And then there's a big payoff. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. And she, to see an actress have like three lines and then. Yeah, do a walk on and do very well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She is and acting up a storm. She's a series regular. Um, She's a recurring. Is she? she? Yeah, she's in um engineering a lot. She just like. She's someone okay. they hired to play someone in engineering. Great. Like mm-hmm. uh, Nurse Ogawa in yes, uh, in medical eventually. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I, it's been a bit since I've seen mm-hmm. um, s- the second season of this, this television show. Um, so he rushes down to engineering and Jordy has um, a, a model boat. Yeah. A model ship. 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 Model ship. Um. And it's of the original Victory, who the captain, he and the captain of the Victory that they're meeting, um, they went, they were ensigns together in the academy. Um, yeah. uh, ser- no, they served on the same ship, which I think was the Victory. So he's giving it as a gift, you know, a little bit of nostalgia. Data, they have a conversation, and Data's like, I don't get it. And um, he says one of the principles of humanity is always wanting what you can't have, which is a thematic thing throughout this whole episode. And then Data puts him on blast in a really great, and it makes me laugh every time because they have this conversation. It's kind of nice. And he's like, oh, by the way, you know, this boat, blah, 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 blah. I don't, Data's like, I don't understand. Then they both stand up and Data goes, Jordy, you said this was urgent. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very good. And he goes, oh, it is, because we have leisure time. I have, um, we're going to go to the holodeck. If you don't know what the holodeck is, it basically projects worlds. It's a little room that that has that has tape on the ground, and you can tell it's tape. I have a 1080p projector that I've been watching this on, and then an eight, like a 4K screen on my Mac, and it's like, you can see the rivets. You're not, like, it was never intended. Um, but yeah. it's a, a room where you can project different um, holographic simulations. Right. So it's like like you can actually really step into v- your VR headset without a VR headset. Yes. Uh, and they actually do a lot of holog... Is this the first um, holodeck episode of TNG? I don't think so. Okay. Because they do a lot of like, this is how a holodeck works. Can I tell you why, though? Hmm. because and this happens a few times with bits of information that we've already learned because you'll notice that at all, that event them giving more exposition to something we've already had happens immediately after the commercial break sure so when you're tuning in and if you are just like flipping through and you're like oh star trek is on what's going on yeah they have someone go oh this is what's happening the situation we're all in and that's part of television the writing that i kind of i, I miss yeah because <laughs> it's like oh right you know we used to, i mean if you have hulu you still have commercials but we used to really have to take this into account yeah absolutely yeah. so they go down to the holodeck two mm-hmm. holodeck two um oh of course it's a deck like a ship i'm yeah. li- literally putting that together now oh okay yeah okay in, in ds9 which is this station yeah they call it a hollow suite yes they do and i was like okay because i was assumed that was like just because it was you're making money on it but um but yeah so i always find it interesting when someone says holodeck or like a on the holo net and star wars or a hologram because they're not wrong but oh. they could be writer 
But I also say Hala, like it's like, again, like the same way I would say Winda. Yeah. Anyway, they go to the holodeck and they've, um, they're going to play Sherlock Holmes. They're going to play Sherlock Holmes. So it makes sense that Data likes Sherlock Holmes because they both Sherlock. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I mean... though, he's like, because they both, yeah. I, I... I'm not wrong, but it was impolite. It, no, it is one of those those things that um, Sherlock Holmes is portrayed as someone who is neurodivergent and uh, has, you know, particular Set of foibles. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very smart and he has, um, but he's not very compassionate or not, not, not compassionate, but like, what is the word I'm looking for? Considerate. Considerate. Yeah, he doesn't consider other people. He's um, depending on the portrayal, either someone who is like misguided and doesn't let people know mm-hmm. that he likes them. Like um, Robert Downey Jr.'s is very much that of like he doesn't show that he really loves Watson. Right. Or like a sociopathic nightmare like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> okay, we won't litigate this. Yeah, we but... get or Johnny Depp's in Sherlock Holmes, who was just a jerk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was like the most irredeemable version, which I appreciate because I don't much care for Sherlock Holmes, because you get everything you everything good about Sherlock Holmes plus a good personality in Poirot. That yeah. is my opinion about Poirot and why I prefer him. Anyway. But Data connects with Sherlock. That makes sense. Because as an android, he is has a harder time connecting to, like, human uh, idiosyncrasies. Yes. He, so, the, the robot has social anxiety. He, he kind of does. Yeah. Uh, so he's going through Holmes's study. And, of course, um, Jordy's playing Watson. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Poor Jordy. <laughs> constantly sidelined they're all dressed they're all dressed up in really fun sherlock holmes costumes so so something that bothers me about the holodeck is why wouldn't you just put holographic projections on your suit rather than dress up i do not know it bugs me so much because yeah. i wouldn't be like i'm not changing on my uniform for this yeah i would be like just project a costume on me oh what there was something, some other sci-fi show that I was watching that they they did that, where they like did disguises that way. Yeah, like holographic. What was that? Hmm. It's always interesting to hear someone miss to not be able to remember something on an audio medium. I know. It's, it's always the like, best. Mm, let me think here for a second. What was it? The best way to podcast. Uh, what? But honest to God, what was it? <laughs> I think it might have been Star Wars, um, a book. Star Wars, a book. Yeah, a book, a Star Wars novel <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, so they're going through, uh, and I think, I don't know if this is the first episode where Data pulls out his violin, but... It is. This is the introduction to the violin, I believe. Great, because uh, Data plays the violin a lot in this series, and um, b- plays it beautifully, and it basically makes clear to Jordy. Um, and the audience, mm-hmm. as uh, Jordi is our proxy, that Data knows everything about Sherlock Holmes. Because he's a loser. <laughs> no. And he's read all the books, and he... He stands Sherlock Holmes. He stands Sherlock Holmes a lot. And there's the, a moment in this scene where uh, Jordi starts writing down, and 
I'm sorry, LeVar. I can tell that you are not writing what you're saying. You are just scribbling. Come on, Sandy Meisner it up. Write what you're writing. (laughs) He's a good actor. And I was like, "Mm." come on, you're better than this. You're letting me down, LeVar. I didn't realize um, my sibling met him and Mm -hmm. LeVar Burton's like 5'5". Five, five. Oh, yeah. I thought he was... I just assumed he was tall. I don't know why. But then re-watching this, I was like, oh, he's a he's who Randy Newman's singing about. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, stand him up next to... Frakes. Frakes. And... <laughs> but what they do with that for framing is often when Jordy and Frakes... Fine, whatever. Are together in the frame... <laughs> Uh, Jonathan is leaning down to look at a console mm-hmm. to compensate for the height differential. Yeah, and also Riker leans a lot because he, he does has, lean. He has a bad back. Yeah, I was gonna say he has like bad knees or something. You can tell by the way he walks. He's got that John Wayne walk of like, oof, <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm yeah. tall and this sucks. Yeah, it, Frakes has a um, bad back that started, I believe, at some point during this or got worse as it went on. I believe he's talked a part of it's the boots as well. That sure. they put everyone in, and everyone has those dumb body suits to make everyone look jacked for no reason. Yeah. Um, speaking of freaks, uh, that series he does, I can't remember what it's called, but where, that he hosts about weird stuff yeah, 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 is yeah. available on Amazon Prime, and I am going to sit and watch all of that. Oh, yes. So, anyway, they're in the Hollis suite, and then Inspector Lestrade comes in and says, this is the case, that's the problem, and then Data knows it immediately, solves it within 30 seconds. Yeah. Jordy gets really mad. Yeah. And storms off. Yeah. And then they go to 10 forward, which is their bar and lounge area. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. because we haven't talked about Disney World on the podcast yet. I. <laughs> 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 uh, they have a new space restaurant. A restaurant. Espresso. Yeah. Espresso. Yeah. I love espresso in my cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I first started seeing pictures of this. It's a new restaurant, so I haven't been there yet. And it looks like Ten Forward. That's fun. It is, and it can't be on purpose. No, but, but maybe it is a little. Bit. I'm sure it probably subconsciously at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Like how everything from Mac looks like it's part of the Star Trek. Yeah, and I I'm so excited about it, and it's for because I want to be at Ten Forward, of course. And that's not actually a Disney thing, so it's just a very funny like mm-hmm. not a dissonance cognitively, but I'm very amused by the whole thing. All right. Yeah. So they go to Ten Forward, and Jordy is basically like data you dumb dumb you dumb dumb i wanted to and to data's credit jordy mm-hmm. does a really bad job explaining why the experience was bad he does he does a really bad job yeah because he just keeps emphasizing like mystery like i was looking forward to that whereas he's like oh so i should have prolonged the series of events and he's like well there's no game there's no fun but he keeps going like he just explains it in a, just such a bad way yeah and i'm like i feel for data in that moment because i would be like jordy what are you talking about right whereas like you sit down and go well the fun of it is solving the mystery and doing that together and the tension that's built right whereas since data is a computer he doesn't understand that yeah 
And that's the point that uh, Catherine, Dr. Catherine Pulaski, Which sitting at the next table. Beautiful rack focus to her. Yeah. Love it. Like a villain entrance. <laughs> like, it's so good. <laughs> she might as well, like, turned around and be like, so, Mr. Bond. It's so good. I, I love her performance in this so much. Yes. Uh, and she actually explains it better to Data. Yes. And admittedly, you know, Jordy is an engineer. They're not known for their social skills. And I would think that in, you know, the 24th century, mm-hmm. maybe doctors have a little bit more of uh, psychology yes. built into their curriculum as well. As much as she is kind of curt with Data, she has a good bedside manner with everybody else. She does. She's just bigoted against a robot. And admittedly, from her point of view, he is a robot and does not have feelings. Yeah. And doesn't also have feelings. So, okay. That's We're going to get into it. kind of what I was trying to say before, mm-hmm. because Data kind of does have feelings sometimes, but it's then incons- not, it is inconsistent. And it bugs me so oh, much. Yeah, me and too. also Brett Spiner, who does a great job acting the part, obviously, but sometimes his performance feels more like a guy and sometimes it feels like a robot. But where it's best, and there's a moment coming up in this episode where he shines that I'm going to talk about in a moment, where he combines the two and you can see a robot trying to mimic human behavior. Yeah. There's a beautiful moment that comes up in literally two seconds, two lines of dialogue. But yeah, I think also from Pulaski's perspective, it's like, oh, I'm being rude to a computer who gives a crap. Yeah, no. And that makes sense. It does. But I mean, when she first meets him, Mm -hmm. Data says... Uh, you know data is not my name yeah and like cares yeah like a person would that he's being called the wrong thing also cares like a computer would because it's an algorithm and going well that input is incorrect yeah i suppose yep so like again it's a matter of perspective and the thing is both are true yeah and they really time they take a lot of time exploring that they do they take all lot of time exploring that yeah and some of it's really interesting and some of it's like weird (laughs) and then they continue doing it in picard (laughs) and also in ds9 and guess what also in voyager there's always a character that is not human that needs to learn how to be more human right now oh uh there's an one of my favorite data episodes is where he starts dating someone yeah. And everyone's like, oh, cool. You know, we'll have a shot at love with Tila Tequila. Do you remember that reality? It's fine. Shot oh, at love with Data. Yeah. And it doesn't work because he's a robot. He can't do it, it in the same way, which yeah. I think is really interesting. And like, again, with the allegory of being neuro- neurodivergent and like that's, yeah. you know, an interesting thing, but it's obviously not, like, not a one to one. No. But you can like read it that way. Yeah. Anyhow. So Pulaski, if you want to take this, basically says, well, you need to, Data is going to always solve every Sherlock Holmes thing. What you need, because if Data knows it, he can't not solve it. Yes. And also that it's all by rote. Yeah. And it's not actual deductive reasoning. And it's, um, 
it's uh what is the word she they get into a thing of like the challenge there's no challenge there because there's no possibility of failure right and data says something wild which again again i forgot this is season two he goes oh so you're saying failure is sometimes better than winning and she's like and this is the part of the performance that i really like when she's explaining it because it's like she she's talking to a child in a really warm way actually yeah where she goes some of the best opportunities to learn are through failure Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's great yeah and again her performance is again so natural yeah specifically next to brett spiner who is playing a robot and so it's on it's unnatural on purpose Yeah, yeah but there's a moment where jordy goes i don't think you're giving him enough credit deductive reasoning is one of data's strong suits and if you can pull up where he says that brett spiner's smile in that is hilarious because he's smiling like he's trying to like convey oh i'm happy that my friend has said something yeah but he's a robot so he doesn't feel the happiness because he can't feel things so he the smile is like uncanny valley it's perfect it made it made me die with laughter it's so good yeah and it's very intentional from brett yeah um but yeah it is it's really very difficult to litigate whether oh yeah that's data actually has feelings which is the whole point of the character yeah there's another really great moment seasons later where someone makes a joke and everyone's laughing and he goes Ah, ha 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 so jordy and like it's so good because he's yeah. clearly mimicking what's going on mm-hmm. but in a way and it, obviously as it goes on it he becomes more and more self-aware which is you know how people kind of define whether or not someone has a soul yeah so the challenge of uh, so what dr pulaski basically proposes is if there is a sherlock holmes mystery that data doesn't know he won't be able to solve it. Mm-hmm. And Jordy says, I think he can. Mm-hmm. And she says, all right, I guess. So basically it's like, all right, let's, uh, make let's a, see if this works. Yeah. Let's make a bet. Um, so Pulaski, Pulaski puts on some uh, fun clothes and <laughs> again, just project the clothes. I know. <sighs> I mean, truly love the costume style. Yes. So, I mean, I love it, uh, it, love a cape, little capelet, or you know, mm-hmm. a jacket cinches at the waist with a long skirt, mm-hmm. a, a bustle. The bustle is like the um, oh yeah, yeah yeah right. That's why when you say hustle your bustle, it means move your ass. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. So, I for those of you who couldn't see me, I just tap my butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something I often do. I guess no one else will. No. Um, <laughs> mm, I don't no, think that's true. That is not true at all. Uh, <laughs> don't want to get too deep in the weeds. Um, so they go to the holodeck and then they have a scene from London. Yes. And they're in the London street and Pulaski hasn't gone to many holodecks apparently. And so they're kind of explaining how it works, which is yeah. basically... The computer projects a hologram on the wall and then will also move the hologram along with you. Yeah. So it basically feels like it's real. It's real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you were to actually get up against a wall. You would, you would knock into it. Yeah. Um, but you kind of can't based because on. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it's really. 
yeah, yes, yeah. It's very fascinating, cool technology. And also the whole holodeck slash holosuite technology gets very muddied in a lot of episodes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the mm. rules of... Mm, yeah. They get messed around Which with. Is, oh, go ahead. Just like based on convenience and what they want to do with the episode. Which is why when, when, when people go, well, Star Trek is sci-fi and... Star Wars is space fantasy. I'm like, you're not wrong, but also Star Trek a lot of the times doesn't make any sense. Like it no. It's still fantasyful. It's still fiction in a with a big F. With a big capital F fiction. Oh, and also like the whole time travel rules in Star Trek are like all sorts of all over the place. Even when they do alternate dimensions, it doesn't make sense. Like it's all like Based off in scientific theory, but like it does it. It's not no more realistic. Yeah. Than a guy with a laser sword. Like. Uh, anyway. No, I hear you. I hear you. I like both things too. I do too. Yep. Clearly. Yeah. Um. So they're in there, and then the guy runs, and he goes. That's data. Goes. That's a diversion. Mm-hmm. And then they go to a place, the building, and there's a bell. He goes, the real person was such and such and so and so, and he he, um, he was going to get murdered by, and then he pulls down a bell and a snake drops out. Yeah, it's wild. Which is dope. Yeah. I if I if I murder someone, I might choose just like buying a venomous snake. That would be it's just like oh, a snake got in. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. that a weird thing to think about? It is. Uh. But yeah, so basically, Data figures it out because it's two Sherlock Holmes stories combined. Yeah, and and I might start doing this. Pulaski goes, "No fraud, fraud," and <laughs> the idea of pointing at someone and going "fraud" is so good. It's like someone calling someone a coward. I oh. think it's so good. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yes. So he's. She says. We need an opponent opponent that has the ability to defeat him. Yes. And so Jordy asks the computer to come up with an opponent that will beat Data. Has a possibility of. And importantly, the way he summons the computer is he says the word arch and then an arch appears with a computer that allows access to it. Yes. And during this moment, Mm -hmm. a person from the holodeck sees this occur. Yes. Who is later to be revealed as James Moriarty, played by the wonderful Daniel Davis. Yes. From The Nanny and the previous novel that Mez mentioned. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so then we cut to the bridge and... Which gives us another great wharf moment because mm-hmm. he goes, one moment. And, then he goes, and Riker goes, what is it? And he goes, well, there's a power surge, but it's gone now. Yeah. You know, and it, which is basically, I'm like, dude, your whole job is security. He's like chief of security on this ship. Oh, yeah. And he's like, weird. The computer did a thing. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I I really enjoy Worf, but um, he's not a very good chief of security. <laughs> I think we see him in his worst moments is the thing. It's like, I, I know, if yeah. he was good at it, there would be no. No story. Exactly. Which is unfortunate. But yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah i think he's far better placed in ds9 
yeah his role within the context of the crew yes is far superior in a lot of ways but he uh he's a very funny character because even just the 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 pinnacle of it is there's a you know for those of you who aren't familiar there's a character named q that is omnipotent in one episode he becomes mortal and he goes what do i and no one believes him and he goes what do you have what do i have to do to convince you that i'm mortal and Worf just goes die (laughs) and that's perfect yeah it's amazing it's so great and uh, michael dorn who plays Worf, is just absolutely loves it like Mm -hmm. just loves being Worf. and uh there is an episode in deep space nine where because you constantly since he's a klingon Mm -hmm. you see him in very heavy makeup and prosthetics all the time yes and there is an episode in deep space nine where it's almost like a dream i think it is um yeah uh, and they all go back to like the fifties. Um, yeah, the fifties or sixties, and it's basically one of the characters is writing Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, uh, wh- who are you, Stephen King? Come on, <laughs> you're better than this. No, but, but it's a, it's very fun, and you also get to see lots of characters who play aliens play humans, mm-hmm. and Michael Dorn just comes in as a baseball player, like full charm on hitting on everybody yep. and uh, like almost polar opposite from Worf. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, who is the, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's really good. It's so great. And he's so charming. And so, um, yeah. I mean, Worf is very fish out of water and very serious Yeah, a lot of the time. So it's just, it's, it's delightful. Mm hmm. So basically, they've made the computer make an opponent that's worthy of data, yep. and then it's been imprinted on James Moriarty, who has also simultaneously figured out that um, all is not what it seems. Yeah, vis-a-vis being a hologram, right? Because the thing is, holograms are not aware that they're holograms. No, because they're a computer. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, my Garage Band suddenly has sentience. Like yeah. my program, my app. Tinder right. is all of a sudden like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. Tinder is like, are you sure you want to swipe right on that person? I feel like you maybe shouldn't. <laughs> There's an age differential here. And uh... actually, do you want to go out with me? <laughs> that's uh, that's the film Her. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the, the film Joaquin Phoenix movie Her. Yeah. <sighs> um. But basically, for some reason, they go out and then they come back in. And... Yeah. They're called away for some reason, Well, right? uh, first, Data, like, real quick solves murder. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as Moriarty is off kind of exploring, like, the arch. Yeah. He calls it, and it comes back, and he... Yeah. It's like, do you want do you want to input anything? He goes, not at this time. And it just disappears, and he's like, ooh. And then someone, a woman goes, black magic! And he goes, yeah. the best kind, I'm sure. And the, again, his performance is pitch perfect yeah um there's a moment i think it occurs around this time where they're walking into london again mm-hmm. oh because the the system reboots that's why they enter again okay because yeah. it's a computer and it has to reboot yeah um but they walk into london again and there's just a really hot lady that like walks past Jordy and he turns his head and then data turns his head at to mimic checking her out and it's really <laughs> funny i didn't notice except for the second time i watched it and i also said literally out loud when it happens 
who is that? <laughs> and, sh- and just an extra that yeah. they just wanted to have a moment with. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We love an extra moment. Yes. So we've just solved a murder. Oh, the, uh, the dead guy, right? That's been strangled by his wife, who is a convict. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, Data's making it very clear that he can solve Sherlock Holmes mysteries like, yep, not a problem. And Pulaski has been kidnapped. Yeah. While they were solving the murder, Pulaski's been kidnapped. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, Data talks about how he knows she's been kidnapped because uh, there's not she doesn't have footprints. Mm-hmm. So she's been picking up. And mm-hmm. there's one a line that he says that's just incorrect. He says left footed means left handed. And that is not true. I yeah. am a left footed person, but a right handed person. Huh. Yeah. I kick with my left foot instinctively there you go yep that does not mean anything so screw you writers of tng i guess uh i just want everyone to know Mm -hmm. that tristan's ipad is reminding them to have dinner yes it's five o'clock that's time for dinner i eat lunch at 11 and dinner at five Mm -hmm. because i'm old yeah i have a heating pad on my couch yeah you do um that's just good sense though (laughs) it's so nice it really is and it like relax it makes it easier to fall asleep for me which was is is hard yeah anyhow so we find a false door and Mm -hmm. we go in it and we find a lair yeah and voila james moriarty and data's deducted deduced if you will yeah that it's James Moriarty that the computers put all this stuff into because it's the thing that makes sense logically. Right. Holmes's uh, greatest... Um, His arch enemy. Nemesis. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. His arch Star Trek nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they're in this lair. With His lurk. Some... <laughs> he lurks in his lurkum. Yep. Uh, with some red couches. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> lots of beams yeah portraits. they really they they went all out with the they really did production design on this episode you can tell they were making one series of star trek at the time oh for sure but budget all yeah. the budget went into this episode yeah which is wild because it's like practically completely inconsequential to the rest of the series yeah yeah and uh james moriarty shows up and he's like i know that you're not who you say you are mm-hmm. and that the um that there's something else going on here and he hands uh data a, a picture and it's of the enterprise and data i guess we don't learn that because data just immediately leaves and jordy's like what the heck yeah and then um you know jay morality is like why do you fear what you can't understand <laughs> uh and in the meantime he does say that he has pulaski mm-hmm and that she is unharmed, but he'll hurt her if he has to. Yeah, which is like, again, this performance is so good because Data goes, have you hurt her? And he goes, I will if I have to. Yeah. And it's said so matter of fact. Nothing yeah. no, nothing evil about him. Right. Which is, the, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. The performance is so good. Yeah. Daniel, out of the park. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. So when they're figuring out that Pulaski has been kidnapped, mm-hmm. they find a shoe of hers. Yes. 
And I noticed in this watch mm-hmm. that it was laced entirely up. You mean like her boot? Yeah, her little booty. It was like laced all the way so there's no way it could have fallen off unless the shoes were too big. Yeah, I guess. Which is like, okay, well, then what's the, re- is the replicator off? I don't know. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a very strange, I mean, it's very cinematic, but like. Yeah. So um, Data goes to Jean-Luc, mm-hmm. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, they're and, in a meeting with the senior staff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're like, okay, what to do? What to do? What to do? And again, I love Worf so much. He goes, I could lead a security team in and go <laughs> get her. Which is the most logical, straightforward yeah. thing. And and Data's like, well, okay, so the the protocols that are on the hollow deck that allow that disallow the computer program from hurting us most likely have been disabled. And they're like, okay. And then Jordy says something insane. He goes, I can do a particle beam that disperses all of the energy of the holodeck and it would go away. And then Picard hits him with, what about Pulaski? And he goes, she'd die. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what What the hell? Why'd you you say that for, though? Is the thing. (laughs) Also, just ripped to Pulaski, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Also, now that I have the captions on as I'm scrubbing through this. Yeah. I thought I caught this. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Picard just says, Merde. <laughs> Which means he is French. Yeah, but it is an actual curse word oh, in yeah. French. Absolutely it is. Which is fun. So they got it on TV because it's French. Exactly. And it's uh, also what you say to dancers. Meaning good luck. Yeah. Yeah. That I did know. Yeah. If you can believe it, I had a few dancer friends in high school. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um but like okay so what do we do and data's basically like i think we should just play along that seems the safest option and picard gives like a big old sigh and he goes fine yeah <laughs> i'll go down to the holodeck with you <laughs> and he does Riker. also you get in the senior staff meeting you know you have um deanna going i i sense that she's okay <laughs> So the thing about Deanna Troy is that she is from a planet. She is of an alien species. Betazoid. Yeah. She's mixed raced. Yeah, she's, she's half human. She's half beta Z. Betazoid. Planet is beta Z. Um, Which is like, that's <laughs> lazy. Yeah, writing. I'm like, isn't that, isn't that just B7? That's just B7. Yeah. It's like a vitamin. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, the thing about beta Z, betazoids is that they're empaths. Betazoidberg? Is that anything? Sure. Uh, is that I they're... feel she's upset. <laughs> so, yeah, they can sense, you know, yeah, they disturbances have... in the force or whatever. Basically, they have, they're incredibly <laughs> empathic and they have telepathic abilities. Yeah. And in the first episode, um, <laughs> she has a conversation with Riker. No. In, like uh, in, his in mind. their heads yeah, yeah which is wild imagine what they did in star wars last jedi but like infinitely worse <laughs> <laughs> right they're trying to like 
Boy, that can we talk about how the pilot stinks for a second? That first episode of TNG is rough. It's real rough. It's a slog. Do not start with it. Also, unless you're like me, uh, and you have to. <laughs> mm, 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 but um, she also calls him Bill, and it's the only time anyone ever calls really, Will Riker Bill. I wish they would keep that Billy Riker. That'd be so funny. I think people who Riker has had sex with call him Bill. In the sack. I mean, listen. So everybody calls him Bill. Because <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't had sex with William T. Riker? And I said this line on stage, and I, it's a good joke, I think. And mm. I think Riker is a dog. He's not a pig. You know, he's a dog. He's horny, and I'm a dog, too. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm too horny to function. I'm too function to horny sometimes. Yeah. And I'm a dog, because I will try to hump your leg, but you'll still feel like I love you <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. as opposed to a pig. Right, right. Um, anyhow, so they go, okay, so we're going to just play along with this computer program that's gone wild. So everybody's going to get dressed up. Which leads to my favorite moment in the whole thing besides Data Smile. Um, Worf shows up in a tuxedo and, mm-hmm. and Riker <laughs> just goes, nice suit. He goes, thank you. <laughs> And it's so good because, again, it's just he's so buttoned up. It's so funny. It's like weirdly almost British. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and then Picard has a top hat, which is OK. We're having fun here. <laughs> we are having fun here. <sighs> the writers love to, to do these holodeck episodes and put them in. Ridiculous costumes. <laughs> oh, boy. So they go into the holodeck and then they reiterate that the safety protocols have been disengaged because we've cut to a commercial break. Yes. And, and then, uh, because we, they almost get mugged. Right. But we do get a scene right before that mm. with Dr. Pulaski and Professor uh, Moriarty. Professor Moriarty. <laughs> what is his degree in, do you think? What do you think he teats? Do you think he's like a paleontologist like Ross Geller? Maybe he's a cook. A baker. No, he's not. He just apparently has like lots of scones and oh yeah, he's a, that are delicious. That, yeah, that he's. Which also brings something interesting with the way the holodeck works is because it converts ener- energy into matter, mm-hmm. and so when she eats the crumpets, she's actually eating something that's just going to go away later. Isn't that? Yeah, weird? I know it's really wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, she's okay. <laughs> so, to get really in the weeds of Star Trek. They have. Uh, We're already. I know. We rep- have machetes. <laughs> replicated food. They use a replicator oh, yeah, to yeah. make their food, and like they have synthahol, which is you know fake alcohol. Fake alcohol, and it doesn't really get you drunk. Because they couldn't call it fuck alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I made myself laugh. <laughs> so synthahol doesn't get you drunk, and so like there's a lot made of replicator food is fine. Oh, yeah, it's like but rations. It's, but it's not, like, great. Have you gotten to the food part of Voyager? No. They're like, they're... No. Okay. Oh, I mean, I did see Neelix cooking stuff. and Yeah, they hire a guy to be a cook because they're stranded, and they're like, the replicators, we can't use them that much. And also, the food stinks. Yeah. Um, so they hire a guy to be okay. a cook. Okay. So, so, yes, I... Uh, in this holodeck, it seems like 
she's like really into the tea and crumpets like they're really good like someone made them like real food because there's lots of fuss made about Mm -hmm. when they have like real food that's not replicated it's like a whole big deal or when they like actually have a bottle of alcohol yes deep space nine this all goes away because they're constantly drinking real alcohol in that show yes which is very good yeah now here's uh, i'll I'll posit an idea Mm. because more power is being diverted to the holodeck perhaps that it is enhanced because the holodeck is eating up more power okay that's that's what i would explain away in this moment sure also she also pulaski's been on a holodeck like twice so she doesn't know no better yeah but she eats replicated food all the time that's true but what's the difference maybe i don't know maybe i know this it feels like kind of like it, this scene does feel like you know you see a like a stereotypically a little girl at a tea party with her stuffed animals yeah <laughs> it feels like mmm, yes yummy yum so moriarty <laughs> is still trying to figure out what's going on he's pressing pulaski for info but he also seems to like they're getting along great they're having a nice little tea party yeah because she she doesn't want a fuss made he doesn't want a fuss made he just wants to know what's going on yeah and he calls the arch at one point and he's trying to figure out what's going on there is he a chemist yeah he's like he is like a professor in the same way like sherlock holmes is a like they're both like ah i know everything yeah, he's so got he has, lots of uh, equations up on the chalkboard and some beakers boiling. That poor Muppet. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Siri, what <laughs> is... What is Professor Moriarty's degree in? Moriarty is an actual surname, apparently. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Did not know. <laughs> so the first thing that came is a bachelor's degree in psychology and interdisciplinary and science from the University of South Florida, <laughs> which is not... <laughs> Probably not the Moriarty we mean. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, mathematics. Okay. Just mathematics. So he's got lots of... He does have lots of math up on the board. Uh, when was the last time you used math that wasn't for tipping? Um, like today. Oh, damn. When I tried to figure out how much money was in my bank account, really? Because I have a payment outstanding. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so they're getting along fine. And he's like, I'll figure everything out. Even if you don't say anything, I'll figure it out. And she's like, well, if you're going to figure it out, and I don't say anything, I'm not going to say anything. It's all very like. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, I think you've uh, gotten everything out of me you possibly can. And I'm going to go now. But we, we both, both saluted, saluted at the same time. <laughs> Very cute. And, and so she basically says, well, what use do you have for me right now? And he says, you are the worm to the fisherman. You are mm. as the worm is to the fisherman. You are bait. Yeah. And he goes, because I need Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, who is that? <laughs> And he's like, this whole time you could tell he's like, stop it. Stop. I know you know. Stop. It's very good. Yeah. So then uh, Data and Picard almost get mugged and then they go to Moriarty and then basically Picard's like, so you are a hologram. Oops. 
<laughs> um, somehow you gain sentience, mm-hmm. and we can't do anything about it <laughs> except for save the program, and then we'll figure out it it out eventually. And then when we figure that out, we'll let you out again. Right. Basically, Moriarty is saying. So I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm going to just go away forever if you shut off this program. That sucks. I know that I'm alive now. You can't just take that away from me. All I want is what everyone wants, which is to be alive. Right. Which is mirrored by Data. Yeah. Data is like whole thing. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that um, the ship's computer gets there? This is another thing that's in the weeds. This is the ship's computer. This is the Enterprise. Yeah. The Enterprise is alive in a way. Yeah. And that's weird. And it gets there so much faster than Data ever can. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Because Moriarty gets there like that. He's like, I know what I am. I know what I have to do to be human immediately. So I wonder if it's because the Enterprise has so much more power. Data. Oh. Than Data does. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> no but they're but con- yeah you're absolutely correct. yeah the computer is getting input with like everybody's logs and understands everybody's phone calls and you know mm-hmm. hears everybody's phone calls and all that stuff so yeah their telephone calls on the USS Enterprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their communications yeah and oh, their, excuse me <laughs> their communications sure yeah i mean i guess like it's just zoom it's just they're it's on zoom, zoom. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, TGG calls it FaceTime. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's FaceTime. It's, face, it's just FaceTime. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Apple is obsessed with looking like Star Trek, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I, me too. I'm half. I'm constantly half. Like, either way, I want my home to look like a cabin. It's either the cabin of the Star Trek ship Enterprise or a cabin from the Great Northern from T- Twin Peaks. Those are my two aesthetics constantly getting mushed together. Yes. Oh, and we get a wonderful Star Trek, early Star Trek moment. Where, um, where we, uh... Melissa is showing me on my iPad. Yeah, except that I think that I would skip too far. No! Um, anyway, we get a moment where, uh, they have to do the thing where they lean one way and lean oh, another. Yeah, as if. Because the, the, the bridge sh- is, like... The ship is gone, getting moved in a weird way. Yeah. yeah, most of these characters in this show, like the series regulars, they had to pay them to get in makeup so that they could get banged around on the bridge. That's funny. Um, have you seen the stabilized versions of the shots? Some I have sometimes. They're very funny. It's very funny. To realize how that's what they're doing. Which, to their credit, I'm like, of course that's what they're doing. But I never mm-hmm. thought about it. Yeah. Now, um, because Moriarty has control over the, the ship because he is the ship. Right. Part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew, part of the ship. It's like a Pirates of the Caribbean reference that I've made. in the Anyway. Is it? Hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But basically, Picard is like, this is the the deal. We'll save your program, and then hopefully someday we'll figure it out. And he's like, well, I guess that's better than dying. You've really yeah. have me over a barrel with this one, Jean-Luc. And he's like, yeah, I guess I do. And he's like, but Jean-Luc always is trying to be the most compassionate, but also the most reasonable. And he's also very, he's very diplomatic in a way that I really like. But yeah, so that's basically the whole episode. Yeah. And then... Then they, uh... Then they dock with the the victory, and then they go back to the the ship that Jordy made, and it's like, oh, it got banged up, but I fixed it. 
Yep. But and an unsatisfactory ending for me. It's very like Law and Order ending. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like okay, quick, we we ran out of time. But like, we don't go back to Data at all. We don't go back to Data or Pulaski. That is never resolved in this episode. Yeah. And it that should be the epilogue. Yeah. And it's not. And I hate it. Because it's a dangling participle. And it just doesn't work for me at the end. It just, like, really... It, it, it clearly... We're already in, like, the review section with me, at least. Because, right. You know. That's fine. It clearly, like, is, like, a gimmick. It's a gimmick episode. It's a fun gimmick. Yeah. But it's not particularly well accomplished in this episode, in my opinion. Whereas the sequel to this, which we'll probably cover, is so good. Yeah. And just crushes it. But no, that's, yeah. And it's a later season. Mm-hmm. And I think that they figured out, because one of the pitfalls of TNG in towards the beginning mm-hmm. is that like something happens in one episode that should have major consequences Mm -hmm. like the ship's computer becoming sentient yeah and like (laughs) we should be still talking about that in the next episode and we are not no we just do not care yeah 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 and later on we get episodes where it's like ah we remember this happened but i do like the sequel to this episode does come in like season six or seven like near the end which i love because, again, when we review it, we'll get into it. But, like, there's this whole idea of, like, there's so much going on on the Enterprise every ding-dang week mm-hmm. that they can't remember that the computer is alive. Like, they get distracted. Well, that's, and that's fine in in this, because it is kind of a self-contained thing. Like, sure. You, it doesn't really have as much impact on their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, I think that what you're talking about, the resolution to this episode, is that... It should have consequences for Data, and we should see that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It should change him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it just does Doesn't. not. It's just a fun adventure serial, which is, like, fine to have Buck Rogers every once in a while. But, like, then, then don't play like it's anything else. Right? Yeah. Whereas there are thematic elements of, like, when Jordy even just states at the beginning, like, everyone wants what they can't have. Yeah. Data does. Moriarty does. Jordy does. <laughs> because yeah. he wants a mystery yeah <laughs> and also to be used in a way that makes sense <laughs> the series jean Luke does which is uh i just want a night off <laughs> and he never gets one all right he's like I have to go on to the holodeck and... <laughs> you can tell he was in the middle of something and like it's like i have this whole trying. evening planned oh <laughs> <laughs> i was watching Orange is the new black. <laughs> and you come in with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, you can tell. And I like that for Jean Lee. He's so weary all the time. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Because they also the series does just beat the crap out of Jean Luc. Oh yeah. He goes through the ring er. Yes, almost as much as O'Brien does in Deep Space oh, Nine. Poor O'Brien. <laughs> One of my favorite characters. Great. Great character. Um, but yeah, as far so it's five because it's a TV series. As far as like, 
I mean, are we going to try to rate this as a mystery? Because it's not really a mystery. It's not a mystery. There's an anomaly, and they have to figure out what to do. Like, it's a problem episode. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I mean, you, you kind of can't. Right. Because it's I, not a mystery. It's just, like, fun to have. Right. Brett Spiner and a deer stalker. <laughs> I mean, that's cute. He... Moriarty does say, when he points to Jordy, he goes... That dark fella. And I oh, was yeah. like, boof, boof. And here's the thing. Not the worst choice they could have made. But no. there must have been a conversation of like, okay, we can't be period accurate wholly because that's really rude. But how do we, oh my gosh, how do we do this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. But yeah, and again, every- it was the 80s and oh, for sure. they didn't know quite what to do. It wasn't, yeah, certainly not the worst choice they could have made. Yeah. Not the best one. Yeah. He could have said bespectacled. Right. I think, I think Jordy's visor is more noticeable than him being black. Am yeah. I wrong in this? No, not at all. <laughs> he could have said that blind fellow, which is not as, you know, still a bit rude, I suppose, but it's like... At least not steeped in weird racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, that fellow with the strange spectacles. Done. Fixed it. Do you see how easy that was? Yeah. <sighs> Two yeah. out of five. Oh, really? Okay. Not a fan of this one, really. Um, I don't really like Sherlock Holmes. There's no. It doesn't pay off emotionally. Uh huh. My favorite part is Pulaski being mean, which I think again, the problem that is presented is so good. The concept yeah. is so good. I'll bump it up to a three because of also the performance of Daniel Davis. But the concept is so good and then they just don't have either enough time mm-hmm. or wherewithal to really explore it in a way that is emotionally and intellectually satisfying in my opinion. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about this episode that I do about The Dark Knight. It's a fine it's fine the dialogue is clunky a lot of the ideas are interesting but there's a performance in it that is so good that people don't notice the problems with it Mm. that's what i how i feel about it i i mean similar reasons i'm gonna not talk about the dark knight but i'm gonna give (laughs) (laughs) but i i am also gonna give the episode a three out of five and that's why i was surprised i'm like yeah but Moriarty was he is really, real, really good. quite good. Yeah, it's fun to see uh, the crew dress up in outfits. I do like it, um, but we needed a little bit more. Oh my gosh, we it's just it's like so it's like yeah, it's just like it's just the epilogue is wrong. Yeah, that's all it is. All you needed was Jordy, Data, and Pulaski at ten forward going. I guess we all learned a little something. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And it would take three minutes. At most. At most. To be, just be like. Because that's the other thing is like Data bites off more than he can chew. Yeah. In a way. He's. he The the writing of Data is really good in this because he is such like a little kid. Because the minute mm-hmm. things go wrong, he goes to his dad. Like yeah. immediately. Yeah. And he's like. Sean Luke, we have to fix this. Yeah. And then like someone was, like Jordy gets blamed for messing up the computer. And it's like, it's not his fault. And again, it's 
I wish they would have a, a scene with those three people. And I wonder if it was cut for time. Because it must have been. been. I, I, yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that, too. And I was like, oh, well, that's a misguided choice. Like, I don't need to see the victory dock with the Enterprise. Or the little boat thing again. Right? Because it's like, oh, I get it. The boat, the ship and the ship got broken and then fixed again. There's a parallel there. But, like, not as interesting as the characters that were supposed to be invested yeah, in. exactly. You know? I mean... Because Data does technically solve the case. He figures out who done it. Yeah. And he figures out, he does solve the problem himself mm -hmm. by going, we should play along. He does have to get the captain involved. Yeah. But that's what he should have done. So he does technically solve the case. So. As well as so many other cases along the way. Mm -hmm. So if Pulaski could have like admitted that, that would have been emotionally satisfying. Right. It, because she just like gets off scot-free of like not knowing any of that. Isn't that wild? She doesn't learn anything. No one learns anything in this episode. <laughs> Except for Moriarty, who learns he's gonna die. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like... <laughs> yeah. It's, such, it's so close to being so good. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a great episode. And oh then they just stop writing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of time. They spent all their money making the set and not paying the writers. <laughs> that's it that's what we think we're gonna are we gonna do the next one yeah ship in a bottle is yes. the name of the episode yeah yeah yeah. it's good it's a really good episode like it a lot um it introduced one of my favorite characters barkley who uh, there's the guy the actor's kind of a, a dingus um to put it lightly and yeah. um but the character the character's great he really does really fun if you can separate the actual human being from the actor yeah good good acting yeah he's good acting the character's really fun because he's like a normal person yeah which is great to have like because i often think about that with star trek is like why is everyone so i mean it's because it's the best of the best right we're focused on the like the main crew yeah you know? whereas at least with voyager a lot of them are kind of um scrappier which i really enjoy yeah they're not as good at their jobs because they're thrust into a weird situation and then also they're half of them aren't starfleet right which i love yes that very is very compelling. interesting yeah the maquis yes so um watch star trek or don't and we'll explain it to you yeah and that'll be fun for you either way for to hear us try to explain star trek while talking about not that many episodes of it oh my gosh uh this is the worst backdoor pilot we could have done um <laughs> but yeah no watch star trek it's pretty good um it's very comforting because everything is generally generally speaking wrapped up nicely in a bow at the end and it's uh, all people trying to do their best which is nice and is nice. um you know it's good escapism you know so if you want to not think about certain things it's a good it's a good option like the novel coronavirus. Novel coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. I, mm -hmm. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Engage. Ah.